welcome back to part two of the top five character list episode. The last episode all ran ever so slightly, so we've had to split it into two. Um, Adam has come back to finish off. Welcome back. Hello. I, I, I feel welcome. That's good. That's uh, aim one achieved. Um, and I went back to edit it, and it was, I don't know, three hours long, I thought. I cut a bit out and then a bit more. Like I can't really shorten this anymore, so we'll just split it. It'll yeah, um, that might be my. You may have been correct actually about the whole. Uh, I'm. I might have overcooked the Nagash entry. Uh, <laughs> something that became very clear as I was uh, reading it out. It's not a learning experience. It is. Yeah, a few things came to light as uh, as we've mentioned behind the scenes. Um, well, since there doesn't need to be an intro, you can do any uh, FAQs, corrections, and errata. I, of course, didn't do anything wrong, so that's, which may be a hint about someone coming up later on. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, Garrosh. Garrosh is in this. Uh, uh, <laughs> nerd humor uh, hang on, wait a minute. You're jumping over IPs. If it's crossing the streams. Yeah. Although yeah, I'm, uh, one of them who owns that did sue the other one, so it's all. Oh, it's that's it's that's happened before. That's the tale as old as time with them them nicking each other's IP playfully. War machine, steam tank turns into war machine. Gyrocopter turns into flying engine. Uh, yeah. Protoss become the Tau Empire allegedly. Uh, <laughs> I'm not seeing that so much, but. Uh, I, I I heard that that was maybe uh, a counter shot across the bows to the Zerg being a lot like the Tyranids as they went, all right then. <laughs> well, two can play that game, but that that is pure conjecture. Uh, please don't sue me. Uh, yeah, but like, the, the Protoss are interesting and good and the Tau are just bland and boring. So, Oh, <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> shots <laughs> Very much fired. Um, what, haven't you seen uh, the third episode? Uh, seen, seen well, this audio episode. Um, to the third episode. Uh, yes, of course, I have listened to every episode of this before being in it. Well, we might have to cut this bit. The, the tower, my, uh, I think the number three in my top five dislikes. Yeah, I didn't actually finish listening to the dislike episode, so you snip uh, that. <laughs> Well, you're never being invited back. But anyway, anything you wish to correct? <laughs> now, uh, yes, uh, my I'm currently uh, I definitely called the Black Templars the Black Legion at one point. Um, I I think I transposed one or two names, um, and I used the word literally a lot, a lot more than I thought I did. So we're going to try and uh, excluding that one use of it there. Try and just not say that at all today. Uh, so see how that literally goes. trying to reduce the amount of times you say it. I am, but in my defence, I do use the word correctly. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. I guess at some point it just became a placeholder word. Anyhow, um, that's a new one. Uh, anyhow, it's like how I say it anyway all the time. I, uh, don't give us a complex about this. This is difficult enough. Um, it just turns, it just right. turns into a catchphrase. <laughs> a dollars dishwater one yeah uh, yeah I, I, I believe you uh my colleague my gracious host you were up next weren't you yes <laughs> hang on 
Oh, it's going the other way here. Yes, yeah, so the feet of the table now. Yeah. The uh, poacher turned gamekeeper here. Um, well, my number three is uh, the Emperor Calfranz, which I know we've just done two, well, a whole episode on him, but he's really good. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, um, no, no, I'll, I'll take that. He's a solid choice. Yeah. He's a good mix of very interesting fluff, as we went into um, on the previous episode. He's got a very good rise to power. Um, I like his political, the way he keeps the empire bound together. He, 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 we went into it, but he's got a technique of, he knows what um, his political, not enemies, but rivals. He knows what they want. He knows how to manipulate them to give them what he wants. He's a great war leader. Um. He's an inspiring leader of the nation, and he's got a very cool model. The uh, well, the the latest um, version of him, where Deathclaw is an appropriate size, not like slightly bigger than a horse. <laughs> I, you know, I still like the old one, but I, I get what you mean. Yeah, so th- there is very, it's very jarring that that stat line belongs to something that just looked like an <laughs> angry bird pony. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, of course he wields the Galmaraz, which makes him very good in in rules terms as well. He's um, he's got a larger, inspiring presence, but when you put him on yeah. death Deathclaw, that goes up to twenty inches. So because the elevation, yeah, well, it's a large target, and then he he expands it a bit. So if you put him in the right place, he can cover pretty much the entire battlefield with his leadership ten. Which reflects his um, fluff background as well, I think. Um, yeah, he's, he has something of a reputation for leading from the front. Uh, I think that uh, that's reflected in. I don't know if it's still possible in the current edition, the current and last edition, because there won't be any more. Nothing else happened. Um, <laughs> well, the, <laughs> the old world's coming back, apparently. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, yeah, they've released. They, they don't make a terrible mess of it. I'm optimistic. I mean, yeah, so am I, but, you know, the real world has taught me not to be. <laughs> um, this iteration of GW have had more hits than misses. <laughs> you know what, you, you are right. Uh, I'm trying not to be too cynical about it. Uh, I think 2020 was rough. Um, what you, uh, yeah, sorry, what was I saying? Yeah, I think that was reflected in 6th uh, edition and 7th, I believe, uh, because you could take him... On foot, people forget this, but Carl Franz, uh, his standard cost was with Deathclaw, but he could also be mounted on a horse, mounted on a dragon, which I've seen some really good conversions for, um, or on Deathclaw, or, like I say, he could be fielded on foot if you liked, so it, it sort of reflected that nature of his character a bit. You still can, um, still. 8th uh, edition you can, and yes, you can ride the Imperial Dragon, of which there is no model, so... I don't yeah, know. good luck. Yeah. Hey, could you stick him onto the High Elf Dragon? I don't know. Does the Imperial <laughs> Dragon look like the High Elf Dragon? I don't know. There's no real description of it in the army book. It is a dragon um, that the Empire has. Uh, I've seen it successfully converted from the High Elf Dragon. So, I mean, that's as close as you're going to get because all the other dragons are a bit gribbly and two-headed and evil. So They're all in that old yeah. sort of S-shape bendy dragon that was popular up to about 6th edition. Yeah. Or even like the, remember the wood elf one? The wood 
Forest Dragon. I do remember the Widow Forest Dragon. And well, all the dragon models were basically identical to a point, weren't they? Um as yeah, in Malachus is just the evil version of the S-shaped dragon. Yeah. I think the only thing that changed was the head. I think the only one who had a who had a specific sculpt was Egrim Van Horstman. Uh who had the classic two-headed Chaos Dragon model. Um and the rest all seem to have the same, roughly the same body and limbs, I believe. Uh, no doubt people will correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, I, I could well be. But yes, yeah, well, sorry. Like, uh, back to uh, yeah, yeah. Nice Dragon. What's it, what's it called? Dragon Segway. No, that's all right. <laughs> Whatever it is. Um, he hits a bit of, like a bit of a brick in um, the game because... Uh, does he auto hit? Sure yeah, you, you hit. literally just. Oh, I did it again. Um, yeah. you, you, but it is true. You just rolled a hit with him. Uh, yeah, because all hits wound, don't they? So the fact that he's strength four doesn't make a difference. Yeah, the difference between that and a rune fang is that the Gal, that Galmaraz causes D three wounds instead of a single wound. Yeah, so you can. Um, you must have three, at least three attacks. I think Carl Franz has. Four, um, possibly more, because that used to be one of the advantages to taking an, an imperial general over an elect account. Both can wield a rune fang, but the rune fang was in better in the hands of an, imper- an empire general because they had four base attacks instead of three. Well, yeah, because it's different in eighth, because you take a general or you take a arch elector. Oh. I think they're the generals. And then you could say the general is a, a elect account, but there's not a right, right. elect account in it. I think the, the difference in uh, in seventh was electors had a wider choice of gear and they had some slightly different rules, but the Empire general was um, just a bit, more, a, a bit more fighty and choppy, basically. Uh, but I believe both could take rune fangs. If you do manage to kill him, Deathclaw goes berserk, which is like that happens in the fluff where he doesn't get killed, but he gets severely wounded, and Deathclaw holds the. I think it's orcs. It stands berserk. over his body, yeah. Yeah, protects him until the Reichsguard can cut through to him hours later. Um, so I like how they reflected that in the rules. Uh, he doesn't roll on the monster reaction table, I don't think. He just goes mad. He, gets he just goes mad off the bat, yeah. He, he's a hippogriff, isn't he, Deathclaw? Not a griffin. No, he's a griffin. He's a griffin, yeah. right? I, I, I always get griffins and hippogriffs mixed up. Um, he spelt differently to. The it's other griffin, isn't it? Some, not yeah, griffon. Griffon. And I think griffins are related to the demigriff knights, where griffins and some other animal have crossbred somehow to produce the demigriffs that the inner circle knights ride. Yeah, it's uh, something that they genuinely <laughs> likes doing that sometimes. Uh, bring, create a unit that raises questions um, and then hope teenagers won't think too hard. Well, it's all the way back to Greek mythology as well. So, Oh, absolutely. But it's, Chimera, it's, uh, how does that come about? Well, <laughs> that's not, Zeus is probably the answer yeah, there. But, uh, the answer. Just, it's probably a mutating power of chaos then. That's how you can get around that one. Yeah, it's all you know for the same reason that um, is Thanesh only just now getting into 
Uh, Age of Sigma. Um, I don't That's know. About, sure I, saw, I, I, I saw something about model releases, but I know that Slanesh was sort of very much downplayed when it first came Slanesh out. Slanesh went missing, I think, at the start of Age of Sigma. <laughs> and they promoted, they got like a temp in, they got the horned rat to cover for him. And then Slanesh must be back. I, I they got know. Diet Nurgle to cover for him. Well, it's either him or Hashut were going for the job. <laughs> oh bless! I keep forgetting her shuts a thing. Is he a demon? Is he a god? Who knows? Who Not even the chaos dwarfs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is full of segues because we've covered the em- emperor in big detail previously. Um, but I- I've never used him. I would use him if I had the model and more mm. than forty halberdiers and a steam tank to make my army. Um, I don't think I've seen him used either. I uh, have used him, but not against the, you. Uh, I just get the impression he's used more than other special characters because he seems worth it on the f- surface. I don't know. Absolutely. Special characters seem to be they're either really good or they're useless, and there's a lot more useless ones than really good ones. Well, he, he's a bit more than just an overcosted elector count, though, isn't he? Well, yeah. There's a lot of flexibility in his gear. And the, the silver seal is that a four plus ward save it gives him? Yeah, that's the four. So he's durable as well. Yeah, um, I, I have one it, plus save. Yeah, and the, if the um, I, they've got the cold blood rule for their BSB, so he's given a massive leadership ten bubble, which is mm. done on three d six rerollable if you've got the BSB. So I think he fits in quite well. Although, like anything on a big monster. It's cannon fodder, so you've got to hide them out of the way of that. Absolutely, uh, uh, fighting dwarfs or something. I mean, death claws are a great option, but if you, if you know if you're going up against a, an artillery heavy opponent, you can always just uh, slip them into a big wedge of great swords, I suppose, on foot if you can be bothered to convert that. Stubborn leadership ten with Galmaraz, yeah. You could see that. I don't. Does he? Is he modelled on foot? He is not, but I don't see a reason you couldn't uh, merge his parts with uh, an Empire Captain or some of your Empire Guy spares. Uh, they are. I've been looking for them, and they are incredibly difficult. I can't find any Empire characters for anything reasonably, anything approaching a reasonable amount of money. Oh, you should you still up, get... I I've, I've got a very old lead Empire Captain. <laughs> Might have to be lead. <laughs> Yeah, that's how old. I might have to accept the poisoning to uh, to get someone to lead my army because it's just yeah, how the is at the minute. Oh dear, you, you know the one I mean, though the uh, the 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 Empire Captain model, the one who's uh, stood. He's holding like a flamberge or flamberge, depending how you want to pronounce that. Uh, he's just sort of standing with one hand on the hip, and he's got the sword tipping to the ground. He's just wearing full plate mill. I previously used. Uh, another model of that I had when I, you remember my old I had a converted unit of well not converted I had a count size unit of of great swords which are the right on foot yeah I've seen, that's quite popular as it turns out so yeah he's um, having never used him it's more of his it's more of his fluff um, I think someone asked me offhand about a year and a half ago who's the best favorite character in Warhammer Fantasy. And it is Carl Franz because um, 
it's, I know it's it's not as grim dark as 40k, but it's still not a very nice uh, world to be living in. And he's just not, a bit no. of, he's just a bit of light in the darkness that he's actually a competent ruler. Um, he knows what he's doing. Not, he's not, not, uh, not corrupt. Uh, no, as he, a lot of the empire's past rulers have been. Yeah, he's not. Um, he's good at his job, and he's interested in preserving the empire, and he doesn't like bits of it being sacrificed to chaos, or and he'll try to stop that. Um, and his model is really impressive. I can't say anything about how good he is on the battlefield in reality, but he looks pretty good. Um, so that's sort of why I just, uh, yeah, I like him in the stories. I like his position. I like his outlook. I'd follow him. He's that inspiring. He has a, he has a very good uh, game pedigree as well. Uh, he's obviously the uh, protagonist in the first Warmer Total War for Empire, him or Balthazar Gelt. Uh, but he's also he featured in Shadow of the Horned Rat, and he was also in uh, Dark Omen. He isn't Dark Omen, but he's characterised slightly differently there because he's quite. Um, well, he's almost sarcastic and he's grim, very grim. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's uh, he's grim in Shadow of the Horned Rat as well, but I believe he, he gives you uh, a unit of Reichsguard Knights. Does he give you the greatswords nice in? It might be greatswords in Dark Omen. Yeah, I think he might give you the greatswords in Dark Omen. Um, they should do a film about him. <laughs> they should. I mean, World of Warcraft got a film. And yeah, that wasn't even very that? good. Yeah. <laughs> it was watchable. <laughs> um, it's the best you can say. When's that sequel? Worse. True. Yeah. It made a lot of money. I'm not surprised. They just market that to China, I imagine. I think that's what they actually did as well. Yeah, I think um, that's why they made the money. That's it. Asia's your animal market of the of the future. Um, yeah, I've often wondered why Games Workshop don't do a movie. I heard that they did one, but we don't talk about that. Well, there was supposed to be. They're supposed to be doing some sort of Eisenhorn TV show, apparently. Oh yeah, I remember reading about that. Maybe did, did they remember that they did Space Marine and just stop it? Sorry, the Ultramarines movie. There I go, right. I named it. <laughs> I don't know, but that was... Have you seen that? No. It's It, it happened. Uh, they made that. It's got Sean Pertwee in it. And John oh. Hurt. Those are its pluses. I think it's got John Hurt in. It probably has. Uh, Who are they but, playing? Oh, God, that was... The Emperor um, and Space Horror. Marines. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, it's a very strange beast, that film. Um, almost worth it for seeing when they have a land speeder in it and it makes it makes the sound of a moped when it <laughs> flies off. <laughs> very strange. Um, no, it wasn't great, no. Uh, I'm still campaigning or not. Um, but I really think that uh, Henry Cavill should play the Emperor or the Emperor. I think he'd fit both of them. He actually would. He's got the jawline for either Emperor. Yeah, there is a. I mean, a slight um, hint at that in one of the Total War DLCs where you start. I think it's Eltharion the Grim. There's a there's a lawmaster called Cavill who you start with. It's sort of like the time right. that um, the Witcher came out. 
Well, that's the, that's what you do. You got to court him because the man is the man is a very self-confessed nerd. Uh, yeah, he's a big um, what do you call him? Custodies. World of Warcraft player. Yeah. Oh, sorry, he does paint custodies. Yes. Yeah, he um, a, uh, I, I just remember that the story that really warmed me to him <laughs> was that uh, he nearly didn't pick up the phone call to that that was to say you got the job as Superman because he was raiding with his WoW guild, and I was like. That's priorities right there, son. You don't you don't leave the guild in the you don't leave your guild uh, a, a man down. Paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> and it turns out uh, maybe he should have never picked up that phone because uh, I think he was given some criminally bad material to work with in that. Uh, I think he's a great actor. He's a lot of fun. I think the witch approves that, uh, but yeah, sorry, it is a digression, but I feel that Henry Cavill needs defending. <laughs> right, there's a, chan- well, uh... there's a chance he'll listen to this and think I'm a really cool guy. I don't think he listens to this, but he might. Well, if he does, add me on Twitter. It's below Henry, um, and I'll write into the movie studio and say I think you should play the Emperor or the Emperor in whatever film. They feature in in Warhammer, both forty thousand and otherwise. Yeah, this hasn't really been much about the Emperor, but I'm sticking with it anyway. What's your fourth choice? Yeah, let's uh, let's go for it. Um, my fourth choice is uh, <laughs> if anyone who's a a former or current user of TG will be very familiar with him. Anyone who likes your 40k memes will be. Uh, but he's genuinely quite a lot of fun. It is the Necron Overlord, Trazen the Infinite. Um, oh, we've gone Xenos. We have. Uh, I like Trazen because... It, remember when, I think it was 5th edition, when they first started revamping the Necrons, and that's when he first appeared. Uh, Necrons went from servile automata to um, these where the overlords and elite uh, and noble necrons had more characterization they had a bit more they had personalities uh, this especially reflected in the special characters and no more than Trazen here so he has um, there's this famous hyper scroll message addressed to Inquisitor Helena Valeria, uh, which is, you know, if you Google Trazen, that quote comes up. Uh, basically, he leaves a little post-it note on a Tesseract <laughs> cube uh, to a, a female Inquisitor who's tried to try to do him in uh, with a bunch of Catachans. He steals the Catachans um, and then sends her a little love note attached to a Tesseract cube. Uh, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Basically, he's he's a lot. He's he's a bit of an oddball. Uh, his whole shtick is he likes he maintains this grand stasis collection of historical treasures and uh dioramas of the event of historical events. Uh, he is kind of obsessed with it and is sort of also weirdly reviled in Necron circles because he's a known prankster and um, thief of 
people's stuff. Uh, he also weirdly intervenes almost at random in a very Eldar way uh, among wider galactic events if it suits him or if it advances his goals or will protect it or expand his collection. Um, so I think it would be interesting to note what we've we got here. Yeah. Yeah. There is sort of shadow hanging over him in that he, he, uh, <sighs> fifth edition Necrons was a Matt Ward codex. Mm. Uh, I know. Um, so there's a bit of, slapstick element to him uh, say, is, he is, one the... of those, is he one of those weird quirky characters that have just slipped through the net into the more serious editions of the game yes yes he absolutely is that uh but he's become a fan favorite so i think he's safe as in he was involved in uh the fall of cadia he was there for that so you know he's he's popular he's popular enough to be kept in on main events uh I have a little short list of things, what he has in his collection, uh, which I'll be going through in a moment. Um, but I just kind uh, I, I find him, it was very liberating, I think, for Necron players uh, to have him appear up there. You know, when your army goes from having almost no personality to having, you know, characters like Imatech, the Stormlord, um, Zeras the Illuminator and Trazen, who gave your dynasties personality, and then also changing that they were just slaves of the Catan to they beat up their gods and turned them into Pokemon, effectively. Uh, very interesting. I like that aspect of them that they they were still largely automata, but that they they they'd overwhelmed the Catan, shattered them, and enslaved them. At the fall of Cadia, he opened one of his little stasis pods and crapped out a bunch of ultramarines from the the dawn of the heresy. Uh, right after the end of the Horus Heresy, they'd been stasis trapped by him. He dropped them in um, to aid the defense of Cadia. So, oh, so he can be nice as well. Well, self interested. That's what I mean when you say when I say he acts. Uh, Apparently at random, it's usually in 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 his own interest. But yeah, he has that sort of trickster god element, which I kind of enjoy. Um, he's personally antagonized the Salamanders, specifically Vulcan Hestan, by saying, "I have the Song of Entropy." Uh, one ten-year conflict with the Necrons and the Salamanders later, Trazen. Uh, more or less admits that no, he, ne- he never had it, and Hestan kills him and then gets mad that it wasn't him. This happens a lot. He, he also famously provokes Logan Grimnar to the same effect, gets killed, it wasn't really him. Uh, he just basically, unlike all the other Necrons, he has no other, he has no interest of restoring the Necron supremacy to glory, though he does believe in it. Uh, he occasionally uh, pops up on Imperial planets to help out if it can get him something he wants. Uh, he often acts via proxies, so it's not literally um, Trazen himself 
appearing in front of the guard. It might he uses mind shackled proxies a lot. So there's a nefarious edge to him. Uh but he's popular enough that he was he's the uh, Necron fleet commander on Battlefleet Battlefleet Gothic Armada 2. Oh. I haven't yeah. played um, yet. I haven't either, but I, I didn't know that either. But yeah. Uh, he has um, the one thing he knows he doesn't collect anymore is Tyranids apparently because at one point uh, Solemnus is his tomb is his tomb world uh, some of his Tyranid samples got out and started eating all the others so he had to unlock various samples and promise them their freedom to to cleanse the Tyranids. Of his collection, and now he's apparently trying to restart his collection on a separate planet, isolated from everything else. So where does he keep all this stuff? Uh, on his tomb world, he has these. He has these. This grand stasis gallery, and well, to give you an idea of the scale, one of his. Um, I'll look up the actual details of this because uh, I don't know them off the top of my head. It is. Um, I think it's like he has the death of Lord Solo Macarius. Um, he has an entire. There we go. He has the Wraithborn Choir of the Azerni Craft World of Altansar, preserved head of Sebastian Thor. He has the husk of an enslaver, which is very interesting if you know your deep background Xenos lore. Enslavers are one of the most dangerous Xenos races that exists. Uh, but they are very rarely brought up. Uh, they, they don't have rules on tabletop, but they are mentioned in the background quite a bit. Essentially, enslavers are these horrible floating mega psychers that can dominate entire planetary societies. So getting one in the system in an Imperium is generally like represented as... They do appear, like I say, they appear in the background fluff. Uh, multi-world uprisings can be all down to one enslaver, so they're kind of a big deal. Um, uh, let's see. Um, so several regiments of Kachan jungle fighters. Uh, a device that contained the entire high fleet that launched the Tyranid version of the world, Vuros, uh, which Trajan himself had sparked in an effort to add Tyranid exhibit to his collection. He found himself forced to abandon this exhibit after his le- after his legions were forced to engage in several full scale battles with Tyranids. Uh, so he's a, a bunch bit of, of scamp then. Oh, oh, absolutely! At least one. I'm just going over the cliff notes list here. There's some I didn't see before. So he has Lieutenant Commander Sarantes of the Autumn Rains Legion and his Battle Brothers and several Contempt of Pattern Dreadnoughts from the Heresy. Uh, they were the ones he threw out in Cadia. At That's least one member of the custodians. Yeah. Uh, several regiments of Vostroyan firstborn. Also, uh, this one really shouldn't be a footnote. Allegedly, the last Lord Castellan of Cadia, Ursicar E. Creed, is part of his collection now. Has he vanished out of the law? Uh, captured during the final moments before the fall of the fortress world to chaos during the 13th Black Crusade. So he's not dead. He's just... Um, in mint condition. It'll all be part of a big plan if it's Creed. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think that's basically, without getting too much into the meme realm of him, that's more or less Trazen in a nutshell. He just sort of dicks about 
randomly appearing in ways that serve him, stealing things, trading things. Uh, it's the fact that he steals from Necrons as well. He's just a sort of force of nature. But yeah, that's that's more or less him. I, I, I just felt that I like him because, um, actually, similar to Carl Franz, he's sort of a he's a light-hearted but not a like a world immersion breaking light-hearted 40k character which is quite hard to do uh usually but i think they pulled it off quite well with him very good um well my penultimate uh, choice is belisarius call the, i'm um, shocked yeah this is following the trajectory perfectly of my favorite armies i think it's <laughs> yes um uh, for a for a very good well, he's almost well. He is a Deus Ex Machina to a lot of problems that need very a literally solution. Yeah, <laughs> um, he didn't exist anywhere until the um, Imperial Triumvirate thing in the I think it was the Dying Days of Seventh Edition. They wedged him in before the fall of Cadia. Um, but now I can't really imagine the Admech without him, or the bigger Imperium without him. Uh, and I know it's it. It really is usually bad, right? To say this one guy solved all our problems. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. But I'm almost willing to just ignore that because I like the character that they've come up with. Um, and there's all sorts of mystery about his past because he's he's ten thousand years old, which should be impossible. Because even with the the best augmentations and things, the like top level. Magos's get they're only supposed to be able to live about a thousand years before they start going insane. But there's hints that Call has um, copied himself or inhabit or absorbed the minds of other tech priests or um, replaced himself with some sort of illegal memory cores and stuff um, oh. to make sure he's last of ten thousand years. There was some sort of hint that he was involved in inventing the black carapace with the emperor, but that was apparently not him. That was his uh, mentor um, who tried to uh, take over his body, but Cole's mind dominated his mind, so he sort of took absorbed all his memories. So he's oh, got like, the fulcrum. <laughs> yeah, so he sort of absorbed loads of uh, insight and knowledge from from his. Um, Superior. Um, the primaris thing, yeah. Or oh, as it turned out, I've been working on these for 10,000 years just when we need them. Yeah. yeah I'll hand mm. wave that. That's. You, you've just I, gonna make, I, you, you're just going to make your peace with that. <laughs> you have. <laughs> I, uh, I really I enjoy it because, the, you know, yeah, I, I do sometimes miss when they say, oh, this anti-graph technology is super rare. And then. The Primaris term is like, yeah, anti-grav tanks for everybody, anti-grav super heavies. Uh, also, here's some new bolters. Here's some new power armor. I really yeah. love the gene seed. That's, that's um, right. I like that. Not those bolters are rubbish. The bolt rifles where it's at. It's like, oh, yeah. you could just make that, could you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just It's just longer. Small <laughs> <laughs> rifle. Uh, it's, it's a three-quarter uh, turn, I, I, the rifling rather than just uh, smooth <laughs> 
It's the uh, I, I enjoyed the idea that just it's literally ten thousand years of just him and like one anvil and a hammer <laughs> making all of this stuff. Have you seen that picture? I think it's him and Gilliman um, mm. standing in front of the thousands of um, pods with the new Primaris in. Like, how did you do this with nobody noticing? Eh, don't worry about it. Don't, don't just, think about it. Just use them. See but what you're doing like, there is you're asking questions. Yeah. But <laughs> just I don't like, ask those. They have fleshed them out a bit because um, he's sort of, he's well, part of him because he's. he's his personality sort of shift and there's different elements of him that come to the fore. And one of them um, is saying like, well, there's nothing really wrong with the traitor um, gene seed. There's nothing really wrong with it. Why aren't we making Primaris? We've got it. Why aren't we making Primaris out of them? Uh, Because Primaris can't turn traitor. So (laughs) he's, he's somewhat of a maverick for, and which is extremely unusual for the, Adeptus Mechanicus, because they don't really like innovation. And they he's do like, not, no. He's like the opposite of that. He's he's all for innovation, which I'm surprised he's still around, because you'd think he would have been burned as a heretic ages ago. But for some reason, he's protected, or he knows he knows he's too high up to touch, or I don't know. Well, maybe don't know. He's, maybe he's too smart for them. Like if he's if he's that if he's that well versed in tech. Maybe they do constantly send their their various mechanic and assassins after him, but he just wrecks them. Because I've well, seen him on the tabletop. He could do it. Well, if you've seen him, I don't know how you'd assassinate him. He's the size of a tank. Um, now you've got me there. I've never managed to kill him on the tabletop. Um, yeah, so he's... Um, and part of him wants to be Fabricated General. One of his um, personalities wants to be Fabricated General. And Gilliman's sort of like, oh, I don't really have the authority to do that because, you know, it's its own church. Yeah, I can change the high load of terror, but I can't really make you. Really, it means if I do that, the mechanic will split and uh, that'll be a whole new problem to fix. So he's sort of yeah. found a, a reasonable excuse to say, I'm not really going to do that. But really, if he did become Fabricator General, the, the Mechanicus would split. Because... Uh, Part of the ones that are secretly pro um, innovation would be like, this is great. The Xenorites would be like, oh, we've got our man there, even though he's not. But I don't think he is a Xenorite, but he could be. <laughs> and the ones that say they- in, no innovation ever would say, this is absolute heresy. We can't have this. So he has got, a, I like the, the background they fleshed out from just from. Oh, we need a guy to introduce these new scale models. How do we do it fluff wise? And he was involved in the fall of Cadia because um, he's trying to get the pylons to work again, which is where your man, yeah. the Necron dude, you've just been talking about, he sort of tries to help there. Um, oh, he, he going under the guise of the Man of Iron, doesn't he? But unfortunately, they crash a. Um, Blackstone Fortress into Cadia, blowing up the pylon so it doesn't work. Um, oh, that'd, I'd do it. Yeah. So I like his, his fluff's great. Um, I've got the book about him, but I haven't read it. I, I, it's on my to-do list. Because um, I think he's, for a new character, he's, he's pretty good. I can't think of another character they've introduced recent-ish that's as good as he is. At least yeah. in my opinion. 
Yeah, they often they often have that air of, oh, hey, it's me. Yep, been here the whole time. Yeah, but he they did that, and but they've sort of managed to work it in a bit because he's got to work him in a bit when he's that prominent. It's like you yeah. better make him work. They just went all in. Like yeah, he did that. He got the he reintroduced the Primaris Marines. He made their armor. He made their guns. He resurrected Gilliman and made him some new armor. Uh, what can't he do? Uh, nothing apparently. He's a no. Magos of every stripe. But then he's a Magos he too, if you will. Hey, <laughs> he has had what ten thousand years to learn. Yeah, ten thousand years. I'm not going mad. Yeah, somehow. Well, maybe, maybe that's why he did it. Like each each split personality is is a, is a different mechanic and discipline. Arguably, he has gone mad, but it's not it's not really confirmed. He's got this um, machine, um, which he says, "Oh no, it's just like a um, it's just like a, a problem solving engine, but it's really an AI." Uh-oh. <laughs> it's, not, uh, it's very very strongly hinted that it's an AI. Um, and that is that is a that is a big no. That's a yeah. no, even in thirty k. That's yeah. a no. And he's not. He's like, well, yeah, why can't we have that? Why can't we have traitor primaris marines? It'll be fine. I I'm so confident. Why why can't we do it? So I like that sort of mixing it up because the admech, the lower. I really love the admech. They are quite stale. Not um, as the range, just their outlook. Um, yeah. Or at least that's one interpretation of it. So just have this guy who's pretty much near the top, and because he's so attached to Gilliman, he's he's pretty much untouchable, unless Gilliman. But I don't think Gilliman could afford to sell him out because that, where would he get his Primaris from? Um, he's uh, quite, the old, he's, he's pulled in the gash then. Uh, yeah, he's he's so protected. Um, yeah. So he could come up. Though, he could actually say, "Yeah, why can't we make?" the primaris it'll work or i should be the fabricated general and it's not immediate death or immediate exile yeah um i mean <laughs> annie's model's great um unfortunately I, I chickened out painting it i bought a painted one but i sort of regret it because i would like to try it um but it's very Spine impressive again. model. Yeah, well she i could really won't mind just buy him again <laughs> no that's that's true um maybe i will i don't know I might, I'm going get, to repaint, get, at least repaint the one I've got to purple robes because my ad maker purple, even though I'll he's from get, what, uh, ahead, Mars. Yeah, he's from Mars. No, so yeah, just get just get two, paint one purple and paint one red. You don't work <laughs> for the company still, you know. You don't have to. You don't have to. Let's work. not bring up. We're not going to. Not in this video, but I will maybe one day tell the tale of the Space Marine Scouts. <laughs> Which you yeah, might remember. We'll, we'll have to clear that with legal before you tell that story. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like his I like his his model. It's full of little bits of detail. Like um he's got like a uh tannoy system on the side of him. It's like an actual <laughs> tannoy horn. Um he's got a pile of books that he's walking on. He's got a little side computer that one of his arms is tapping on. Um he's got a he does have a pimp cane, doesn't he? If I remember right. <laughs> Yeah, it does. Um, and he's got a little scuttling thing that I don't know what it is, but it's um, it, it's attached to him somehow. And he's like, he's got, he's almost like a centipede, and covered with these red robes. And uh, it's yeah, a really great you, model. You'd actually have a just to, to stare at it for quite a while to work out what's what on him, which I like about some of the more complicated 
Magos and Archmagos models they do, where it's uh, you know it's, it's hard to tell where dendrites end and priest begins. Yeah, there's, there's nothing really left of them flesh-wise, like tiny bits. Um, but it, it's sort of. Uh, do you remember the um, the thirty k Magos? Um, which yes, like, like very much reminds me of him. Yeah, yeah. you can see where that's sort of come from because he's that old. They've just bolted stuff onto that, and he's got bigger and bigger and bigger. But that's sort of where it, a bit what it reminds me of. Um, and rules wise, when the he he was the start of the reroll all dice because initially they thought it was a misprint when they got into <laughs> eighth. Um, because the way it works is. You roll a dice, then you re-roll, then you modify. So if you hit on a three and you roll a two and you re-roll to a... Uh, if you hit, got a three and then the modifier made it minus one, that's a fail. Um, yeah. So you don't get a re-roll. But the way Call's rules were initially written was you just re-roll everything, which made him really, really strong. And he was the only... In the early eighth, he was the only special character that let you do that. Later on, everyone got it. And then it just became everything is a re-roll. But that was like, this is a really, really strong ability that only he had, which I think was quite fitting because it's a 10,000-year-old tech priest who he'll be able to improve, somehow he'll be able to improve your shooting to that level because you should know you know, you'd be able to improve the weapons or whatever it is. Um, so I thought that was quite reflective of his rules. It got, it became less and less good um, because other characters came along with better powers, similar powers for cheaper um, but his weapons are really strong. His solar atomizer and stuff. I think I've did I blow up an orc flyer with that or something like. I took it down to one wound. <laughs> it was just at point blank range, and he's surprisingly good in combat as well because he's got that um, mechadendrite hive, which uh, does That's like two d generates. It is two d six. Yeah, six attacks. So he's he's pretty good at rules wise. Um, I'd say he's a very good all-rounder, which is not something you get a lot of in the Mechanicum uh, No, he's very specialised. I mean, he doesn't he does nothing for your combat units, but running a combat artic list is not usual. Well, I did it because I, I found it more fun. But like, I don't really run Mars that much now, so I don't... Well, when I was playing, so I don't really use him, which is a shame. But then he is... Like, he, he's so associated with Mars, it wouldn't make sense for him to go with another Forge world. No. And he, he can... Um, what can he, no, that's not Mars. Yeah, he can. He can adjust your canticle by one or... Add one or take one away. Can. Yeah. <laughs> so if you run Mars, you run you roll two canticles and get the benefit of two. And he can adjust them up or down by one. So that's very strong. Um, what else was I going to say? No, that's that's it. That's he's he's a great character. Um, I've enjoyed playing him. I like his I like his background. Um, I'll have to use him more. Actually, I don't know what he's like in ninth. I've never played the Admech in ninth, but I would. When this whole Gellapox thing goes away, um, I am going to break the Admech out. Oh, excellent! Um, I look forward to. Fighting them again because I don't look forward to fighting your knights as guard. Uh, they make my infantry largely irrelevant. Um, I disagree. Uh, with the the way the objective scoring is, knights can't hold objectives. Oh, there is that. So, 
it doesn't matter if they all die. If you've sat on the objectives, then you've got all the points. Right, well, for the penultimate pick as a whole, and for my last pick, a little bit of a a bending of the rules, because it's not technically a character. I know, I know. But I think uh, think you'll get what I mean in that there's a limited number of them, and they are, for all intents and purposes, a character, but not a special character on the list. It is the Avatar of Cain. Ooh, uh, controversial. Controversial. The Lieutenant Wolf of the Warhammer 40,000 <laughs> universe. I'll, I'll let yeah. it slide for that. <laughs> yeah, you already uh, <laughs> you already know I'm going to bring that up because you have to, really. It's well, become... if, if you ever want to show a, uh, a thing as a threat, you'll have it kill an Avatar. Just just for funsies, I have yeah. brought up the list of examples of that oh. uh, to, to make a nod uh, of that. I'd like to thank 1D4chan for that little help. Um, but yeah, I, I like the Avatar not just because of uh, the backstory. It is actually a powerful unit despite uh, what happens to it all the time in the fluff. Uh, they're, they're a good, strong, solid HQ uh, very good heart of any Eldar army, an excellent answer to things like Dreadnoughts and other factions' monstrous creatures. They are by far the choppiest unit you will get in an Eldar army. Um, you've got the handy thing like they brought back their immunity to Flamer and Melter, I believe, from 2nd edition. Where's uh, that back? Uh, I, I, I'm not sure about the current edition, but I'm sure it came back in 6th. Uh, or at the very least, immunity flame. Um, it's got super high weapon skill. It's got high initiative for its size. Uh, good saves, good wounds. All in all round, it's a powerful and intimidating presence, even though its model hasn't really kept up with that because it's been the same since 1993, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, you can always order the Forge World one, which is magnificent. And comes with a choice of two different flavors of Wailing Doom, uh, if, sword and spear flavor. If you have a uh, oil well in your back garden, you could go to Forge World. You could actually, it's it of of the fancy big Forge World units. It's fairly reasonably priced for it. It's it's about seventy quid, which I don't think is robbery. If you actually get a look at one up close, the sculpt is astoundingly beautiful. Um, uh, with either sword or spear, uh, I recommend the sword because the spear is notorious for snapping. Uh, it's it's gloriously huge, but also that makes it a bit of a bugger to transport. So, uh, if you're actually thinking of getting one, I would recommend players get the one with the sword, uh, just for their own sanity. Um, but yeah, uh, getting resin flashbacks now. <laughs> Uh, oh no, the spear isn't just resin, it's uh, it's resin and a brass rod, uh, I believe. Oh. Uh, yeah, res it's, it's a brass rod with resin at either end, you know, a, a match made in hell. So that's like the um, uh, Space Marine Devastator second edition uh, metal gun, metal oh. model with a plastic arm connected. Yeah, it's 
bloody awful to stick together. <laughs> the mixed kits. Those were a dark time. The only thing that close to rivals fine cast for awkwardness to work with. But yeah, um, I like the Avatar of Cain because uh, it has a really cool fluff about it. Uh, they're not just obviously they're not just walking around craft worlds all the time because they're living statues of molten iron uh, and hatred and rage. So that would be difficult to have wandering around your craft world. Uh, After you know, some of them, don't they? Some sort of ritual. They do. Uh, it's they the ritual to, of the young king. They have to sacrifice someone to. Yes. It's that, um, it, I remember reading it in the fourth edition codex, and I didn't know it was clear that the young king was turning into the avatar, or it was like a sacrifice to bring the avatar into being. I believe it's to bring him into being. Um, right. Uh, off the top of my head, the ritual of the young king uh, is it represents. Uh, well, what the avatar is is a shard of the god. Kayla Mensha Kane, uh, who was destroyed. Oh, who killed him? Slanesh. Uh, it was Slanesh that broke him. Yeah. Uh, basically, each avatar is one of the collected shards of uh, Kayla Mensha Kane's corpse. And to be summoned into activity, but it's not made clear whether they all, they're all basically a tiny statue of Kayla Mensha Kane, relatively speaking. They're, obviously, they're big by human scale, but tiny by original cane scale it's not clear how many bits he was broken into or whether the bits were reworked into avatar shape or they arrived that way i assume the eldar reshaped them um the, each one sits at the center a throne in the center of the craft world and when they need to go to war there's a call to arms that rouses all the aspect warriors uh you know gets the guardians to go stop being bakers and become guardians for a bit. Um, and the at this point, the craft world tips over to a war footing. So in a way, the Avatar's representation, obviously, uh, Kayla Menchikane is the god of war, but the Avatar's summoning is a representation of the Eldar psyche itself, leaning towards total war. So as I say, Everyone takes up arms and swears the Guardian's Oath. All the Aspect Warriors get off their asses and come out of their temples. And at this point, the Infinity Circuit of that craft world starts channeling all the aggression generated by these individual Eldar psyches. And it pools and gathers in this center uh, altar where the Avatar sits on its throne. Um... So there's a shard of his... Oh, there you go. Sorry, I've brought up an article here that clarifies that. The shard of Cain is actually housed inside the statue. It's at the heart. Uh, and all this energy is channeled into that shard. The ritual of the young king uh, is, the, is a ritualized sacrifice representing the hero Eldenesh, I think, refusing to serve Cain. Um... I'm not going to get too deep into the lore on this, but not too, too deep, because that's some quite obscure Eldar lore. Effectively, that that Exarch, an Exarch is chosen. Uh, the system for the Exarch being chosen differs from craft world to craft world. Some guys, it's like a rotating time-occupied position. Some decide it by ritual combat. 
um, and so on and so forth. Uh, when that exarch selected, they become, regardless of gender, the young king, because they represent Eldenesh, who was male. So male or female, they are referred to from that point as the young king. And the sacrificing of the young king uh, is what entreats the spirit of Cain to inhabit the shard of his body inside the avatar. So the exarch does not become the avatar. Yeah, well, that's answered that one. There you go. Um, it's uh, it's their 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 soul is, and oh, I should also clarify the reason this is all heavily ritualized, and I like this, is because too much um, Eldar spiritual energy would obviously attract Sanesh because of Sanesh's yeah. curse to consume consume all Eldar souls. So they heavily ritualize it to distract him, basically, uh, which is kind of a, a fun, clever thing. Uh, the ritual itself is quite brutal, actually. They, they carve a bunch of uh, runes on the, the young king's back. Uh so the uh, the most senior exarch. Oh, the, I should mention the young king is naked for this. Uh, most senior exarch of each of the aspect carves the rune of their aspect of war into the young king's back. On some, again, it differs here. On some craft world, a gold cup called the Chalice of Creel is used to is held the the small of the back to collect his blood, while on others is allowed to flow freely, anointing the ground of Cain's shrine, which is lovely. Um, they bring forth. That's at that point. They bring forth the um, what the Eldar call the Swindele, the Howling Death or the the Wailing Doom. Uh, the Avatar's weapon is presented to the statue, and basically at the end of the ritual, Cain's uh, spirit, if entreated correctly, inhabits the statue. Its heart beats to furious life. Uh, it glows as the rage of Cain itself brings it light. Uh, life and that life makes its core run molten and uh, another ritual aspect of Cain's inhabitation is it's uh, one of its hands will start to spontaneously weep blood constantly as he is the bloody handed god and without further ado uh, comes to furious life inhabited by all the power of Eldar hate and rage steps off its throne and leads the craft world to war. So I kind of like the... Uh, you, you see you what I mean by when I say the... You missed the bit I? where it then immediately gets killed by... Oh, don't ruin it. I'd build it up so nice. <laughs> I'm going um, really going off what I remember from from various army books. But yeah, I think that's like that... You see what I mean when I say it encapsulates the Eldar and Eldar craft world shift to total war. Where they abandon all their niceties and sensibilities and kill one of their own, which to Eldar is a huge deal as a dying race, in order and, and not just one of their own, one of their finest warriors in an exarch. Um, I didn't realize it was in an order. Exarch either. Yes, has to be an exarch. Um, but yeah, it's that that's, that process, the sacrifice of a great Eldar warrior, is what summons this thing. Uh, but it can only be summoned when the craft world has gone to war. Like you know, it's not going to come up for a major, for a minor scu scuffle. It can only be summoned when the whole craft world is bent towards the goal of fighting. It's that whole disregard of Eldar niceties and um, civilization. 
because uh, the the avatar himself spurs Eldar to savagery and like you know ferocity in combat that you don't usually see. So it's well, he's a sort got of a murder. So yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean when I say it. It, it represents them. I like how that. I've always liked that about Eldar. How their way of fighting is very ritualized, so that you know how each aspect represents a specific, um, intricate aspect of war. Uh, yeah. Which results in a lot of uh, our youths being specialized. This is like the whole right. The gloves are off. Uh, everyone's going into the fight. That's like I just uh, I don't know I, I like its sort of storied background, which is why <laughs> the list of how many times it's been ganked is is so depressing. So I'll skim over this, but uh, let's see. Uh, in the 5th edition Space Rain Codex, Marninus Kalgar beats one to death. <laughs> yeah. Uh, punches it to death. Uh, during the invasion of the Eldar Craftworld Keris, it was possessed somehow by a Keeper of Secrets, which killed it. <sighs> In the battle between ha- Craftworld Iandan and the High Fleet Kraken, it one was trampled to death by Cardifexes. <laughs> Card effects is up big now. I know, but that's just depressing. It's not even killed by them. They run it over. <laughs> uh, yeah, the avatar. The avatar tries to goad the fleet's hive tyrant into a into a duel, and the hive tyrant goes, "Nah, card effects. Get them, boys!" <laughs> and they just leg it over and stamp them to death. Uh, in the horse heresy books. Uh, this one, I remember going, hang on a minute, when I read it, but um, it one is strangled to death by Fulgrim. Does it even uh, breathe? Uh, yeah. That was my first question. Uh, it's, it's not super clear by the writing, but it's either choked or it has its neck broken. But it doesn't breathe, and it doesn't have a nervous system, and it doesn't have bones, so I don't know how that works. But... You know, rule of cool, I guess. What Sanguinor's killed one? Who hasn't though? Uh, one planet um, doused one in water, which killed it. Now that's a big problem. For, <laughs> there's for a lot a of planets. Entity, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of planets that've got a lot of water on them. Uh, let's see. Logar's killed one. Anyone can kill him. Logar is the wussiest of the Primarchs. That's right, I said it. Uh, team killed by Morgan Ra. Uh, the Phoenix Lord of the Dark Reapers, uh, to temper the blade, the scythe blade of his shrieker cannon, stabs one in the heart. So, apparently, at some point, Morgan Ra raised an avatar just so he could shank it <laughs> and get a better knife. Are they, are they um, doing this use of resources in such a way? Apparently, they are. Apparently, they are. Uh, uh, some orcs killed one once. Legion of the Damned killed one. One got ran over by a battle wagon. Uh, the elder Avatar Rothway was killed by an orc battle wagon. Uh, so they're more of a, a, a minor nuisance on the battlefield then. Apparently. Uh, don't even get, get me started on their appearances in Dawn of War. 
because there's a there's a hilarious thing. You remember Dark Crusade? How the cutscenes were sort of adapted. So every ending area, uh, for those who don't know, every ending area has an end cutscene, which changes depending on which faction you are when you beat them. So uh, basically, it hop swaps hot swaps in. Uh, your faction's units at that faction's defeat cutscene. Now, the problem with this, apparently, is in Dark Crusade, when you destroy the Eldar stronghold during the Kronos campaign, in the background, you see the Avatar getting slain in single combat by the tallest unit your army has to offer. And in some cases, that makes sense. So if you're Chaos, it's a Bloodthirster. If you're the Necrons, it's a Nightbringer Shard. If you're the Tau, it's the Great Narlock. However, if you're the Imperial Guard, um, uh, it gets killed by a Sentinel. That's probably happened. You know what? It probably has. It gets kicked to death. Um, I thought you were going to say, like, a captain or something. If you... No, if... uh, Sorry, that's the Space Marines. If you beat it as the Space Marines... um, the old librarian kills it. <laughs> so the uh, the avatar then it's a uh, very ritualized um, summoning ceremony. Is there any accounts of it actually killed anything? There must be. I can't find any, but I'm sure it's killed some things. Maybe it seems very. Uh, seems very. If you remember the sixth and seventh edition Tyranid Codex, which was full of stories about how Tyranid has got beat. Hang on, that's not what I want. I want my units kicking ass. I don't want to be told how they got killed or got beat. That's the issue I have with the Avatar. Yeah, uh, the Avatar gets... uh, I should have brought that up with Trazen, actually. He is one of the rare examples of a character who repeatedly wins outside of his own codex. Uh, He wins... a battle with the Space Wolves in their own Codex supplement. Um, right. I immediately like him then, because I don't like the yeah. Space Wolves. I, I like the Vilka, as, how do you pronounce that? The Vilka Fenreka, uh, the route. I like the you, direction Abnet took them in, but the the way they've remained <laughs> in, uh, they've always been a sort of, to me, a bit of a weird joke faction. I, I can't take them seriously. Uh, at least I could until they brought in Thunderwolf Cavalry. Uh, that really ruined the whole there is no wolves on Fenris. It's like, but look, there are, because he is a unit of space wolves riding giant wolves in space. Yeah, they're three up and three up invulnerable for some reason. Because those wolves are big. Invulnerable. Maybe magic. Invulnerably big. Thick fur. Well, actually, the Space Wolves is a nice segue onto my top choice. Oh? Who is uh, Magnus the Red. You're getting a slow clap for that. Hang on. <laughs> it works. He's the no, best. it does. I just, I, I'm so startled you picked Magnus. <laughs> <laughs> He's possibly my favourite character in any... Um, Either forty k or fantasy. He's um, Brooklyn. Well, he's such a tragic hero. 
like and yeah, he did nothing wrong. That's a hot so, day. <laughs> no, it's not up for debate. He did nothing wrong. Um, if the emperor had been honest with him, he he would have remained loyal, and he wouldn't have smashed the wards on the um, imperial webway, and he would have been able to sit on the golden throne while the emperor sorted out the Horus Heresy. And then they would have been able to have a webway supported human civilization and chaos would have been uh, annihilated. So he had all this potential and just because uh, the emperor didn't understand, well, he understood, for some reason got his priorities wrong and because um, what do you call it, Lehman Russ can't understand that an order sheet that has got crayon written all over it saying kill Magnus over a very clear official thing saying arrest Magnus. Then it all went wrong. Um, because <laughs> it was a, a blistering series of hot takes. <laughs> it's all fact. No, my hot takes this is all fact. Because he's, um, he's not like... Um, uh, what do you call it, Materian uh, and Petiravo, who don't really like their legion, uh, or Angron, who kills them. Um, he's got a very, well, re relatively small legion who he really loves. And the fact that they have this mutation problem at the start, it, it really gets to him. Um, and he tries to fix it, and he makes a deal with what he thinks is some benevolent entity. It's actually Chaos Gods, uh, Zinch. Um, to fix the mutation, so he gets he gets reeled in by them with the well, we'll stop the mutation if you make this deal. He uses magic or sorcery or psychic powers, um, but he thinks it's for the good. He builds that when he's found on um, Prospero, um, he becomes a great scholar. Like he's, he becomes very revered. Um, uses these magic and sorcery for the benefit because it's. Pro, um, Prospero, what's the cap? Tisca, it's the city. Tisca, it's like, yeah. yeah, if you go outside, the, there's these horrible insect things that'll. Psychnoyine. Yeah, he'll like yeah. lay psychic eggs in your brain and get the horrible. But anyway, he has to purge the city of, uh, to purge the planet of them to make it a prosperous um, planet again. He's very benevolent. He thinks that psychic powers and learning and stuff are the way to improve humanity um and if the emperor just told them look there's this thing called chaos be careful <laughs> these deals you're making you, you want to stop that i think you would have taken it on board because all that happens is he said oh i've been using psychic powers um everything seems to go to be going well and now you're saying i can't use them um but you're not you telling could, us why you could argue that the bit of the that where he made it official at Nakia should have been the point where he could have took a hint. But he doesn't it doesn't explain why. It just says, nah, we're not using it again. Ah, I suppose there is that. Except except me, the Emperor, I'll still use them. And the Space Wolves somehow. No, that's um that's elemental stuff. Well, that that's another load of hypocrisy that Oh yeah, we, we we don't use it. We use well, what's a room priest then? What power is he tapping into? Is it warp? Yes, it is. No, it's the elemental ancestral power of the oh, whole world. No, it isn't. <laughs> That's uh, a total lie. 
I suppose you, for reasons you may not like Mortarion that much. Well, at least Mortarion's not so much of a hit. Well, yeah, because he doesn't like them either, but is all right with their use. Is that well? Yeah, and, but Mortarion and is one now. <laughs> yeah, but Mortarion didn't. This is where, like, well, if you if Leon Rose has handed this order that says bomb Prospero to oblivion and kill Magnus, and he doesn't for one minute think I better check this because this doesn't seem right. Horace has handed it to me. Well, why would you not trust Horace? Yeah, I, I don't believe it. Because uh, at one point, the Emperor just grabs Horace and he's like, "You, I'm a number one, a guy." <laughs> And everyone goes along with that. Nah, yeah, but nah, I'm not buying it. And the fact that the Emperor didn't go directly to Lehman Russ and say, um, be very clear on what I want here. I, <laughs> I, I mean, arrest. <laughs> That's, arrest. Uh, By arrest, I don't mean arrest life vital functions. <laughs> no, I mean, bring to me. I, Magnus just seems to be, uh, and yes, I am making a lot of excuses for him. He's just a victim of circumstance. He's got the but abilities could... that he uses um, for the benefit of the people he, he likes. And it just so happens that they're powered by um, the warp, which he's not told about by the Emperor. Um, what do you call him? Liam and Russ decides to not question a obviously forged order and blows his planet, his city into oblivion. So he, he, And he accepts it. He's, well, I've obviously done something wrong. He turns the planet, he defences off. He doesn't want um, his sons that he knows it's coming, but he doesn't warn them, so they get a, start getting pounded. And then it's, at the end, he's like, I, "I can't take it anymore." So he he starts defending the uh, the sea. He has this big punch up with um, Lehman Russ, where he gets his back snapped. Um, and that's in the last minute. It's like Zeech makes this deal: Do you want to be saved or not? And he says, he takes it on himself to say, like, "For the good of me legion, so that we're not all killed." I'll make the deal. And then Zinch saves him. So he's taken that on as well. You could argue that Zinch caused the original mutation. Well, he did. Yeah. He died. Yes, he did. So that's kind of buggered from the start. That's not Magnus's fault. That's the Emperor's fault. He didn't didn't make the Legion. He didn't make himself. I like that even in your your very, very pro-Magnus account of that, you still have to admit that he got... uh, the Iron Shake treatment, uh, where you know Russ turns up, breaks his back, and makes him humble. Uh, <laughs> that's right, well, for 90s wrestling fans. I got it in there. <laughs> but it's yeah, it's everything that Magnus is blamed for is not his fault. It's somebody else's or the circumstances' fault. But. Uh, and he goes berserk when um, when Araman turns them all into dust. He goes berserk. He's like he still loves his legion. He still loves his sons. He's like he shouldn't have gone. He shouldn't really have gone berserk because, like, think about it. Now they can never mutate. I, I think that was the line that they tried to sell it. Through. I mean, <laughs> that's not exactly what he meant. <laughs> that was how. That was the uh, silver lining Araman tried to pitch it yeah. in the boardroom. Look on the look on the positive side. Um, so I, I, I like his backstory. It's very tragic, you know. He's 
and it's like if the emperor had handled the situation better he would have had thousand sons as a loyal legion um but literally because magnus has given no other choice like you either die and your legion dies and your planet dies or you or i'll save you but you work for me now and he's right Uh, i'll do it to be devil's advocate you could copy paste a few of those sentences to all traitor legions no you couldn't all the other traitors well except except the sons of horus i think Actually, you know, also kind of, except for the Death Guard, I know they are very much strong-armed into Nurgle's service, but even yeah, but from the get-go, I, it's clear Mater- that, like... Materian sends them through the warp just to, on the deliberate uh, idea of getting them to turn into playing Marines. <laughs> like, he doesn't care. He's not bothered about his legion. No, I mean, more that um, they are from the get-go when you first meet them, with the exception of Nathaniel Garrow, they're like, they're all arseholes and jerks. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, Captain Typhon is terrible when you first meet him. He's like, oh, no surprises, he's a villain. He's like a complete dick <laughs> when you first meet them. Um, I suppose a- Abaddon, even Abaddon's like vaguely likable when they reduce him in Horus Rising, but no, there's a... Uh, uh, no, none of the Death Guard save Garrow are <laughs> even like vaguely pleasant. No, um, but uh, and Magnus's new model is uh, amazing. Go on, oh, yeah, forget he's one of that rare transcendent series of three characters who you can play as in both thirty and forty k. Yeah, I've, I've got it, and um, I'm following the Duncan Rhodes painting guide. Which is really good because I would never attempt that sort of model if without a solid guide to follow. Um, and I've used him on the battlefield, and he's uh, he's, he's he's very good. He's very fun, um, very very strong psyker. Um, you kidding? Yeah, you you surprised? Eh? But he's really good in combat as well. Well, being look at the size de- of him. Being a demon Primarch, uh, if you can get him into the lions he just rips things apart i've never used them oh yes i have used them in ninth because i've got a very small thousand sons army um <laughs> aren't they all very small though what my armies no thousand sons armies Way. oh i see well arguably it's <laughs> built the legion up to about i don't know about fifty thousand because they can make new ones i didn't know this oh yeah that that's been the the fluff since fifth uh because it mentions the Black Legion has their own cadre of Rurik Marines because they, Abaddon has en- enlisted. That's how the Black Legion have all of the represented, like, marked Marines. Uh, they have a few Nurgle Sorcerers, a few co- um, World Eater Psychosurgeons, and a few Thousand Sun Sorcerers, uh, so they can make their own Berserkers and Rurik Marines and stuff. They can also, if they die, if the army gets destroyed, uh, if they recover the dust or the soul or something, they can put it back into another suit of armor. So they're likely tomb kings, and they've got Egyptian um, iconography as well, in that they very hmm. slow, slowly build back up to the original um, size. So effectively, you can't defeat a Thousand Sons army if each marine is surrounded has assigned his own personal Roomba to follow him. That's probably what Magnus has done, because he's that forward thinking. Just as planned. Yeah. 
<laughs> just to, just yeah, to sell Roombas to to his sorcerers. Um, uh, yeah, he's, he's probably my favorite character in the whole game system. It's just something about him that's opposed to me that he's uh, he thinks he's doing the right thing, and yet he, like. Uh, what would you do? Oh my god, Horus, the war master, the favorite son of the emperor, is a traitor. I better tell the emperor right now. It's it is frustrating. Gone, could have gone so differently if the emperor said, do not use psychic powers. If you've got anything important, do not use psychic powers near to the um, the Imperial Palace because I've got a big load of psychic wards there which must not be damaged under any circumstances because they're protecting the Imperial Webway. Do you understand, Magnus? And he would go, on, yeah, I'll take a ship. I'll walk it. It's fine. <laughs> Send a letter. Uh, of, nah, don't use them. And I'm not telling you why. I mean, you could argue that... Uh, there is no Magnus, argument. Magnus is great. There's no argument. <laughs> no. In theory, the argument would be that he has his, his problem is his lack of humility and hubris. And that... Uh, if he was truly a loyal son of the God Emperor, he would have just obeyed and not asked questions. That's his, na- that's, uh, his nature. He, like, he, that's what well, he does. He's no one in- saying the God Emperor was going to win Father of the Millennium. <laughs> Should have recognised his own son's um, innate... Well, the only one he ignored, really, was Petrovo, so... Oh, but Poor he, Yeah. <laughs> but he's got, like, weirdos like the lion. He doesn't he doesn't screw him over. Oh, the ultimate traitor, Primark. Yes, the one who's <laughs> actually managed to remain on the loyalist roster, despite the fact he's legion is a bunch of traitors, allegedly. Um, it's, it's not allegedly. The greatest yeah. trick that the Dark Angels ever exi- ever pulled was proving that they weren't traitors. <laughs> he's got um, Lehman Russ, who's like a failed Angron. Who else is... Uh, well, he's got, <laughs> the he's knives got, are out now. <laughs> I, I, although I'm a big support, a big fan of the Emperor, um, I don't think the um, Loyalist Primarchs are as interesting as the traitor ones, with a few exceptions. Like yeah, Vulcan I think is, if you... Vulcan is... I like Vulcan. I've got a lot he's, of time for Vulcan. He's my favourite uh, Loyalist Primarch. I really liked Ferris Manus, you know, my bastard. <laughs> yeah, for these for his brief uh, appearance. I, I really dislike that. Then, whole, then he had, then he had a head off. <laughs> hey, um, he, I, I dislike that whole part of him. In the, I was like, I know he's going to be the first one to bite it. Stop making me like him. <laughs> uh but you know, all good things must be decapitated, as the saying goes. Yeah, that's that's uh, yeah. All your heroes end that way, being decapitated by a giant snake man. He's not a snake man at that point. He's just a sketchy pervert. Yeah. Well, whatever. Um, <laughs> he won't be. A, he won't be a snake man until oh, about ten bucks later, I think. Yeah, got that one wrong. But he, but he's um. I think Magnus is the way I read it. He's, he's separate from the other traitor primarchs as well. I don't think he has. I don't think he's sympathetic to their aims, or he's he associates much with them. 
Um, he's got his own agenda. So he's. This is why I don't really think that it's. I mean, you have to because the Black Legion and the uh, Abaddon is like the the unifier of chaos and all that. I don't really think that he would provide help to the Black Legion and the Black Crusades because I don't think his agenda is the same thing. Um. Yeah, it's a, he's a bit of a strange figure in that regard. A lot of the traitor primarchs are the ones that still exist anyway or aren't imprisoned because they can just be like some of them on a whim will give troops to the Black Legion but since they don't fully control their own legions anymore individual warlords end up having, helping out Abaddon anyway so it doesn't it kind of doesn't matter yeah but like um, in a way the, the Thousand Sons are also they're still um, although they are a bit more disparate there's, there's still a uh, like a coherent force. Um, yes. Whereas, like, as opposed to the World Eaters, who are just, are just like roving war roving bands, bands yeah. they're not they're not really a unified force at all. But I, I suppose the Death Guard are. Are they quite? I don't really know much about the Death Guard. Are they still a unified? Given that they're their own faction. I think they are. They are largely still operating as unified. Uh, yeah. as a unified force so you do like every chaos faction get uh champions who've splintered off with their own and like petty lords who've gone off with their own factions and that's the thousand sons because there'll be a supreme sorcerer who's in charge of these little um the light Coffins? war bands yeah something like that they've got a thrall bands or something like that but they're all like it's almost like a feudal system they're all owe loyalty to the top and then Magnus can call them together and send them off to do something. But um, yeah, Magnus, my number one, number one guy. If only the Emperor had thought the same way, because you know, you know that Magnus would have ended up on the Golden Throne forever. That was the plan. Which is either a punishment or a reward, depending on who you believe. Well. It's not. I'm not sure if he would have to be there forever because the emperor, the emperor can, if the golden, if the wards hadn't been breached, the emperor can siphon off his power into the throne from anywhere. He doesn't have to be sat on it directly. But when the wards are breached, he's got to sit on it to maintain the um, the psychic to repair the damage to the uh, the psychic wards. I'm not sure if had that not exploded, if Magnus would just be expected to provide the power for it anywhere. I don't know if Magnus was supposed to sit on the gold throne forever, or he was would be allowed off to do his own thing. But anyway, the the grand plan of the Emperor, um, I'm sure, required Magnus to sit on the throne um, and keep the webway uh, barrier secure. And I think all the other Primarchs would have been killed. <laughs> not a lot of faith theory. in the emperor there. No, well, no like, I, think, I think that's in the emperor's. Um, I think that's exactly what the emperor's nature would do. Like, like these are all disposable <laughs> tools for winning a great crusade. I need this one to stay on the, the golden throne, uh, but I don't need the rest. So that was my uh, number one choice. You'll notice by the way I sound exactly the same I did literally seconds ago. Um, obviously this isn't being recorded later because the whole thing was corrupted at the end. So how did you find that uh, interview that literally just happened a few seconds ago? I remember it well. 
Um, because it just happened. It just happened. It's incredibly fresh in my memory. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's a phenomenon where um, you get to the end of one of these and it feels like it's been a week uh, ago, um, but it really hasn't, honest. If, if I was to guess how long, it fe- how long ago it felt, I would have said almost exactly one week. That's amazing. It's uncanny. Um, yeah. Even the it, sometimes even the acoustics sound different just at the end of the interview. I don't know what it is. It's remarkable. I've, I've heard it's what happens when you're at the end of an incredible podcast episode. Um, that the human senses are heightened to such a point that you can hear incidental details that you couldn't before, and uh, sometimes it just it, it makes. I think it's because it's such a transcendent experience. Probably, that's all very true. Yeah. That's almost certainly it. That's 100% what's happened. But so yeah, anyway, that... I think we got away with that. Um, yep. <laughs> thank you for joining me. Um, just the we, one time. Just thank the you. one time. Thank you for having me just that one time as well. Um, it, it's all right. Nobody listens to this far in, so we'll get away with it. Yeah, you could say anything. Oh, no. no right. I'm... Good. Right. Well, on that bombshell... Um, thank you for joining me you may come back in the future or are we doing that back live stream at some point future. in fact I know we're this live stream in two live stream in two days if yeah that, we'll, we'll wait, 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 wait no, 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 no no we're doing it in nine days no crap shit I don't know how this works <laughs> nine days right. time because this is a week ago yeah that's right nine days time no I mean this is now uh, <laughs> there, was no, there was no gap <laughs> Whichever it is, that means we did it all in one go and it didn't screw up the recording. That's the time that it is. That's the one. Right. Right. And with on that, uh, see you on the, on the next episode. Indeed. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.